Have you ever wondered who the richest women in America are? Well, even if you haven't, I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay? I'm going to list the top four. And one, I'll go four, three, two, one. So first of all, uh, we have Jacqueline Mars. <laughs> you know what she might be a part of? Mars, yeah, Mars Candy. She's worth $17 million. Uh, How many have contributed to her fortune? (laughs) Largest candy company in the world. We all have to fess up, don't we? All right. The third person, the third most riches, is Alice Walton. Alice Walton. Now, let me say it again. Alice Walton. Walmart. (laughs) Yeah, she is... uh, the daughter of Sam Walton, and she's worth about $26.3 billion. In the number two spot, we have Christy Walton. She is the uh, daughter-in-law of Sam Walton, and she's worth like $29.3,000. Now, ready? You guys ready? Hold on. I'm going to show you the wealthiest woman in the world right here. That's right. That's Laura Schwaber, our assimilation uh, coordinator. Uh, and she is the wealthiest woman in the world. Uh, I don't know how she got on the Internet, but, uh, but she's the wealthiest woman in the world because she is a child of God. And every one of us who repented of our sins and accepted Christ's free gift of forgiveness that he sacrificed the sacrifice for the cross on, uh, we are the wealthiest people in the world. With all the spiritual resources that God wants to offer us. And that's what we're going to be studying this morning as we continue in our study of the attributes of God. And we're going to be looking at His power today. We're going to be looking at His omnipotence. That means all-powerful omnipotence. One of the best ways to do this is to look at a prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And Paul tells us how you can unlock God's power in your life. It's such a rich and beautiful passage. And I hope you really uh, are inspired by the Word of God today. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for all these Christ followers who've come to gather and worship and singing and learning your word. And I pray that you would help us to be enlightened and that you would enable us to tap into your power as you so much desire. In Christ's name, amen. Now the passage we're going to be looking at is in Ephesians 3:14 through 21. And it's a prayer. But to understand that, you have to go back to Ephesians 1. Because he prays also there. One of the four great prayers of the Apostle Paul. Now this particular prayer in Ephesians 1.18 is a prayer of enlightenment. He's praying that they would fully understand who God is. So having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, 
And what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? That's our inheritance, right? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward those who believe according to the working of His great might? So that again is part of the first prayer in Ephesians 1. And then he goes on to talk about who we are in Christ. That we're alive in Christ and we're no longer aliens, we're citizens and... Go home and read Ephesians uh, 1 to 3. It's a great place to really truly understand who God is, as we've been seeking to do over this uh, series. We want to look at a path to more of God's power as we look at Ephesians 3. As you see there, uh, is a list there? Plan to more of God. Oh, there we go. Uh, first of all, I want to strengthen your inner being. These are all parts of the prayer. I'm just giving you a preview. You want to make Christ at home in you. You want to be rooted and grounded in Christ's love. You want to experience the fullness of God. And you want to experience God's power. Now, all these are conditional. In the uh, Greek, the, the word hina, hina means in order. In order that. In order that. So, what the prayer is basically saying is that we would strengthen our inner being in order that we make might make Christ at home in ourselves in order that we might be rooted and grounded in Christ's love, in order that we might experience the fullness of God and experience that we would experience God's power. So the idea is, is that it's a ladder in a sense that you climb as you grow throughout your Christian life. And that's what we're going to be stepping through. But you've got to start at the beginning. All right, so let's take a look at Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, bow my knees before, I bow my knees before uh, the Father. Uh, Many people bowed their knees in Scripture. It's a sign of, of course, respect for God as the everlasting King. Also, as many times, a, a sign of passion, like with David. But to look at this, you've got to understand, for this reason, what reason is he talking about? We have to go back to the last verse in 2, 22, Ephesians 2, 22. In Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So those of us who are Christ followers, God dwells within us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're one with Christ and we are dwelling place. And then all of us together here at Springbrook who know Jesus, we're a dwelling place for God. And then the whole body of Christ worldwide is a dwelling place for God. I mean, that is so important to remember, that God lives within you. That God is wanting to glorify Himself through you. And of course, that's the main reason for being on this earth, right? Is to glorify God, and that's the main reason that we want to uh, be filled with His power and uh, let Him shine through us. Ephesians 3.15, it goes on the prayer, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. Is that talking about everybody? Well, no, it's talking about people who are Christ followers. Every family in heaven, uh, yeah, all those who've gone before us, I think of my mom and my dad, they're in heaven now and they're part of the family, obviously, and they're experiencing, experiencing it to the greatest degree. 
and on earth, well, that's us. We haven't arrived in heaven yet, uh, so we're part of the family too. We go to Ephesians 3.16, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. According to the riches. Now, there's a difference of saying out of His riches and according to His riches. Let's say you wrote Alice Walton, who's a very big philanthropist, and said, I'm really in a tough bind. Could you send me $5,000? Now, if she sent you $5,000, would she be sending you a gift according to her wealth or out of her wealth? Just be out of her wealth. Five thousand dollars. That's nothing for this woman. Twenty plus million billion dollars, that is. Uh, but if she responded according to her wealth, she would send you a check for fifty thousand dollars. Okay? So according to her wealth, she gives to you. Now we're talking about God, the source of all good things. And we would go to him, we say, Lord. Please, please give me forgiveness, give me your peace, wisdom, insight. He's always giving more and more than we could ever expect because He is God. He's all-knowing, He's all-powerful, and all the attributes we talked about. So that sense is very encouraging, in the sense that God really wants to help us, that He may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being. So let's look at the first step down this pathway of growing in God. First, you need to strengthen your inner being. Ephesians 3.16, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So He wants to strengthen your inner being. Now, we're very, of course, familiar with our outer beings. In fact, we take a lot of time to take care of our outer beings. beings. Now, how much time in the morning do you take? You know, hour routine, uh, just taking care of your body and your hair and makeup if you're a woman and uh, getting dressed. Uh, then, of course, you feed your body throughout the day at lunch and dinner and snack time before bed and then in the middle of the night. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you take care of your body, right? You're, you're very concerned about your body and so should you be. But what God is concerned about, what really is much more important to Him than our outer bodies, our inner body, which is our soul and our spirit. That's what He really wants to grow. Now, He thinks you should take care of your outer body, obviously, but He wants you to put more time and effort to strengthening your inner body. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4.16. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. How many feel like your body's wasting away? <laughs> yeah, a lot of us, right? You just get older and more things start going wrong. Well, that's the nature, right? Your body is dust and eventually you're going to die. But the inner self keeps going. In fact, that's one of the, one of the joys of uh, being older in the sense that you know, your body uh, <laughs> starts to go downhill. And in our society, it says, oh, we've got to take care of the outer body, you know, and so 
youth is worshipped in our culture and things of that nature, but we know that God is really, really is not that concerned about how we look. He's much more concerned about our inner self and that it's being renewed day by day. So as you go downhill in regards to issues about your body and your health and things of that nature, at the same time, you can be growing in the strength of your inner body. Just think about that for a while. I mean, if you approach life in that way, especially if you have health challenges, things of that nature, uh, nobody can take that away from you. And God wants to grow that inner body. And it, it takes a long, long time. It's a daily process, renewed day by day. If you are working at strengthening your inner body. Well, we go on. Galatians 5.16 this is a way to strengthen your inner body. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit so you won't sin. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? I mean, you think about somebody walking along with you. You notice that they're obviously, and, and you'll talk to them sometimes. That's walking in the Spirit. Now, ask yourself this question. How much did you walk in the Spirit this past week. What does that mean? Well, how often did you pray? How often did you spend time in Scripture? How much did you listen to worship music? Or how much time did you just sense His presence? How much did you walk in the Spirit? Well, that's what we need to live by because He's got the power in order to help us with all the everyday issues that we have in our life. Then we go to Ephesians 5.18, And do not get drunk with wine, for this, that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Anybody seen a person who's intoxicated before? Oh, come on! <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, do you want to be controlled by alcohol in that way? That's what I say. Alcohol is controlling your body. You're, you are no longer in control. You've seen intoxicated people, and you see the... The terrible things that happen because they're intoxicated, because they don't know what they're doing. They kill people. They drive drunk. There are so many different situations where you can really mess up your life because you give the control over to alcohol. But daily is an illustration how we should give uh, control of our life over to the Holy Spirit. And we should yield to the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a key thing. You've got to yield to the Holy Spirit, which means you have to obey. You have to claim Jesus Christ as Lord and say, hey, I want to do it your way. I want to follow you. I want to strengthen my inner being. And so many Christ followers today are frustrated with their Christ, uh, Christian life because one thing is maybe they haven't yielded. Maybe they haven't said, God, you run my life. I want to grow in you. I'll never be perfect, but I do want to make some progress down here uh, for your glory. Another reason is they just don't really believe that it will make a difference. So if you're frustrated in your Christian life, not any more excitement or uh, you're not feeling the love of God and uh, you're not seeing Him do uh, little miracles in your life, you've got to ask yourself, how much time are you investing in your inner self. How do we invest time in our inner self? Well, the most important thing is to spend daily time in God's Word 
and in prayer. That's what you do. Daily time. And I know sometimes we come in and out of it. We get into a pattern. And, but that is the critical thing because you've got to get God's Word into your mind. Whether you're reading it, memorizing it, meditating upon it, you need God's Word every day. Some people say, well, I'll just go on Sundays and get a shot from Harrison. No. <laughs> what if you only ate on Sundays, huh? Well, you'd become very weak and tired if you only ate on Sundays. And it's the same way if you're not self-feeding yourself. In the sense of learning on your own, taking initiative to study those things that you are interested in, or the Spirit leads you to interest in, reading books and talking with other Christ followers. Uh, if you're not doing that, don't expect much because we have to take the initiative in order for the Spirit to work in our lives. Uh, Colossians 3.16, community is so important in growing our inner, inner being. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That sounds like what we're doing right here, right? <laughs> we're singing, we're teaching, uh, expressing our thanksgiving, and teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom. That's why being part of a local body is just so critical. There's so many people who have just said, I'm done with church. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> God's will is that you're a part of the body. It's all over the New Testament. And therefore, this verse says you've got to be interacting with people. And I would encourage you, you know, if you're new to Springbrook or been around a while and you're not part of a small group, uh, look at the winter a trimester that's coming up in January and get involved because when you're part of a small group, that really helps you to grow because that's the way God designed it. Uh, we just can't study the Bible on our own and pray on our own and not have any contact or any discussion with other Christ followers. We're going to be weak. We need each other. So let's go back uh, to our path. Uh, strengthen your inner being. Uh, make Christ at home, and rooted and grounded in Christ's love. We'll look at both these. Let's look at Ephesians 3.17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Christ may dwell in your hearts. Now, that's kind of a head-scratcher because you think, wait, wait a second, Christ is in me and I in Him, but why is He mentioned after strengthening the inner being? Why, why would that be? Well, because uh, it's talking about His dwelling within you. May Christ dwell in you. If you think of your life as a spiritual house, and God is living there with you, and he, He's more comfortable when He's not around sin, right? <laughs> now He knows you're a sinner and everything, but He might walk into the kitchen and see some of the things uh, that you're eating, some of the things that you're taking in, uh, to your mind, and, and they're sinful, and he wants you to you know, work on that and through his power overcome those sins. And he goes into the living room, and he sees a big plasma TV, and you know, he already knows all the things that you've been watching on that, and he wants to encourage you maybe to change that if that's an issue, and he looks over the computer, and he wonders, well, what's in the history of that browser? Well, he knows, right? So when God is dwelling with us, that the Greek word means to make home deeply. 
to make home deeply. We want to make Christ at home within our soul and our spirit. Therefore, we need to continue to listen to the Spirit when He's saying, hey, you've got to clean this up and I'm going to help you. You've got to clean this up. You know, we're never going to be perfect, but we always need to be moving toward the future, wanting to make progress in holiness. So, that Christ may dwell in us, your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Let's go on to Ephesians 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. I'm sorry, Romans 5.5. 5. <laughs> I went to the wrong verse there. <laughs> Uh, we look at Romans 5.5 5, talking again about the fact that we're rooted and grounded in love. In verse 5 it says, And hope does not put us to shame because, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Then we look at Ephesians 3.18. And may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. That is what we're to be. We're, we're to be rooted and grounded in God's love. When you think about a big tree that you might have uh, in your yard that has deep, deep roots, roots that even cause you problems <laughs> with, with pipes and septic systems, uh, but those roots go way down there. And that's the nature of being a Christ follower is that every day you're being renewed and every day you're experiencing the love of Christ. The Holy Spirit is pouring that love into you. And the more you experience Him, the more you walk with the Spirit, the more you pray, the more you read Scripture, the more of that love you're going to experience. And if you're overcome by the love of God, and the fact that He gave His Son for you. An incredible love. A love we can't understand, which we talked about several weeks ago. That's going to naturally flow out from you. You're going to become a more loving person. Now, if you're not a very loving person, you better look back and say, okay, where am I in my spiritual being? <laughs> How strong am I? Because it's just a natural byproduct. And I always encourage you guys, if you want to, really meditate and immerse yourself in God's love. Get on Google, Bible verses on God's love. Print it out or uh, transfer it to your phone. And just meditate on those verses. Maybe you really need time just being reminded of how much God loves you. In verse 18, uh, or 19, And in no love of Christ, that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, let's look at our path here. Now we've established through this prayer. Strength, strengthen your inner being. Make Christ at home in you, rooted and grounded in Christ's love. And the final thing is experience the fullness of God. Experience the fullness of God. Verse 19, And then know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That means 
how much of God do you truly experience? And really, that's been the point behind this whole series, is that we get to know God better. We, we get to know about how, <laughs> how holy He is, how set apart He is. There's only one God, and He's unique in so many different ways. And the fact that He is our Father, the more we understand about Him, and more importantly, the more we experience Him, that's going to make all the difference in the world. Because we talked about the first prayer being a prayer of enlightenment, understanding who God is. This prayer is a prayer of engagement. This is like the ignition on your car. Okay, This is how you get your, your, your life started in terms of God's power flowing through your life. Is you've got to do these things. and You've got to do them daily. And you've got to realize that. And the more you do that, the more you realize who God is. And how great He is. And how He loves you so much. And He's chosen you. And the list goes on and on. But you've got to be doing the other things, remember, in order that, in order that, in order that. They're sequential. So it gets to the fullness of God. Then we go on. Ephesians uh, 3.18 May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of God's love. Let me go to Ephesians. Um, go to Ephesians 3:20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Verse 21: To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's a well-known benediction. But what many people don't understand, they want, to, they want to jump to verse 20. They want to see all kinds of God's power flowing through their life. But you first got to start with your inner being and making Christ at home in your life and experiencing the fullness of God. So it's a graduated type of thing that you experience as you go throughout life and continue to mature in Him. Let's look at this verse, uh, verse 320. Now, to him was able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Hmm. So anything that we might pray to God about, a need in our lives, he wants to give us more than we're asking for. <laughs> okay. You've got to learn to be a big asker, okay? You've got to have bold requests as you come before the Lord. We need to pray boldly for our ministry together. Pray boldly for our leaders. Pray boldly for those people that we know and that they would be strengthened in their inner being and that God would use people and our church together to make a real difference in the life of God. Now let's look at uh, the next slide. This week's challenge. Pray the prayer in Ephesians uh, 3.15-21 through 21, daily this week for yourself and someone else. Many times when we pray, uh, we have a, a long list of people who are sick and infirmed, and that's good. That's a good thing to pray for. But one person said, we're praying for more people uh, to get uh, well that are going to heaven than we are for people who are going to hell, Right? It's just the outer body. It's going to break down at some point. We need to think about those lost people in our lives. And we need to pray for them. 
beautiful thing about this prayer, as you review it and you go through these different steps, you pray the different elements. Uh, and, and many times we just jump into our prayer time and say, God, I need this, God, I need that. But we always should start out with Scripture. You always start a prayer time out with Scripture, reflecting on a praise psalm or something of that nature. You've got to start with God's Word. I mean, well, of course, we pray throughout the day. We're not going over the Bible. But if you're sitting down for that daily quiet time, which is so important for your spiritual growth, start with the Word of God, because that is what He speaks to. So as we look at this prayer, uh, well, let me just take a second and pray it uh, myself. Um, I will pray it. Uh, for some, someone else, okay? Oh, dear Lord, I want to thank you for this beautiful passage in Ephesians that is so wondrous. Lord, we bow our knees before you, and uh, we're, we're just so glad we're part of the family. And the individual that I'm thinking, for, thinking of, uh, I'm just so glad that he's part of the family as well that according to the riches of the glory, I pray for this person that they would understand who God is. I pray that they would uh, engage more if they're not engaging with people, that they would have a, a greater degree of desire to grow closer to God, to learn all the resources that are available in them. But I also pray for this person that he would be strengthened in his inner being. He's growing, Lord, but I pray that he would have a deeper desire and that he would be able to apply those things uh, to his life. And that he'd be consistent uh, with time with you regularly every day. Uh, any sin that you bring to his life, he might be able to identify and then repent of, and through your power, turn away from. Lord, I pray that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through Spirit in your inner being. I pray for that person in this way. And Lord, I pray that Christ may dwell in Him, that He might be rooted and grounded in love. I pray that I would love this person, other people would love them, and that they would experience love through other people because that's the primary way we experience it is through other Christ followers. And I pray that uh, as you know, he grows older that he would have deep, deep spiritual roots that will keep him steady in the storms that will come his way. And Lord, I pray that, that he would work this great principle of strengthening the inner being on a daily basis so that as he grows older, uh, he'll be able to experience the strength. Even though his body's failing him, he will feel very spiritually strong and realize that the most important thing is his relationship with you and the least important thing is his body. I pray you give him insight, and I pray that as he grows, that he would experience uh, what we've been talking about, that he'd experience uh, your power abundantly, and that your power would always be at work 
in his life. In Christ's name, amen. So you do that for someone in your family, for whoever. And I always encourage you to do that. Take those type of passages and then pray them for a particular person or for yourself. And that really helps you get into worship-based prayer. It's good to ask God for stuff, and He wants us to do that. But we always need to start out in worship. We got our ushers come forward this time. We're going to gather our love gifts to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this incredible passage that teaches us about you and how we can grow closer to you and how we can experience you and how we can be empowered by you. And Lord, I pray that we would pray Scripture, that we would start every quiet time out with reading Scripture and and praying it out for ourselves or, or someone else. It's so easy to just go right to the immediate needs that we can see, but help us to realize that the most important way we can pray for someone else is praying that their inner being would be strengthened, especially for those people who are sick and things of that nature. They need a lot of your comfort and encouragement. Lord, thank you for this. In Christ's name, amen.